This is a Lip Media Podcast. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wulgarukaba, Bindle and Wurundjeri peoples. The country we now call Australia was built on the stolen lands of hundreds of unique Indigenous nations, and we recognise that as white women, we continue to partake in and benefit from the act of colonisation. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hi friends, just a content warning on this one. This episode includes some references to rape. Mm, Yay, we're back for the year! (laughs) Woo! 2021! So, welcome back to Book Slut with Abby and Sam. It's Valentine's Day-ish, so we're tackling the the big... I was going to say the big V, but that's... I mean, that's really... It's very uh, visceral, that idea, <laughs> tackling it. We're spearheading the big V. <laughs> There's nowhere to hide. <laughs> um, so we've had some discussions around this year and things that we want to do this year. And I think one of the big things is that last year was a lot for us. It was so much <laughs> for everyone. Well, yeah. But also for us. <laughs> Yeah, for everyone, but mostly for us as the main characters in the movie about our lives. Yes. So as a little bit of housekeeping, little update for everyone, we've decided that we're going to, moving forward, do the show in seasons, in six episode seasons. And the rationale behind that is essentially that we want to take breaks because we're human beings and we need breaks and rest. So that's... um, that's the way we're going forward. It's weird how much um, researching erotica really takes it out of you. <laughs> um, so for this week, thematical because of the time of year, we're talking about Valentine's Day, and I feel like it's important that we start with a an upfront acknowledgement <laughs> of our feelings. <laughs> About Valentine's Day. (laughs) Do you want to go first? No, you can go. I feel like I always go first. Ah, the vulnerability. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's not going to be a surprise to anybody listening. Although, like, considering we host a podcast about (laughs) romantic literature, (laughs) maybe it is surprising. I think Valentine's Day is uh, rubbish, personally. Um, thanks to everyone who responded to our, we did a little Instagram quiz and a lot of you responded and a lot of people, as it turns out, do celebrate Valentine's Day and do really like it. I don't really get that. Um, I think it's, I mean, you know, all the classic criticisms of it being like super capitalist and, um, a bit cheesy. Um, I think we are so fun to date. Just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I don't know. But also like, I don't, if you want to celebrate it, celebrate it. I'm not, I'm also not going to be like aggressively anti-Valentine's Day either. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't mind the idea of doing something cute for people. If you have people in your life on Valentine's Day, it's kind of like, yeah, I think it should be every day, but you know, whatever. If, if you need the reminder of a day, so be it. But I would rather stick a fork into my eyeball 
than like go out to a restaurant oh, or a God. bar no. <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Fuck no. Maybe that comes from working in hospitality Definitely. and specifically shout out to Mrs. Palmer's who do a Palmer for two on Valentine's <laughs> Day uh, every a, year. Name a less romantic meal. <laughs> <laughs> Name a less romantic fucking restaurant. Oh. But it was always it was always packed. Always packed. It was one yeah. of our busiest nights. God. Like, I mean, I used to work in like a semi-fine dining French restaurant and Valentine's Day was the worst <laughs> night of the year. <laughs> I hated it. And everyone's like, oh, I want to do something special for my partner, so put a fucking sparkler on their cake or some shit. And I'm like, everybody is putting a sparkler on each other's cakes. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, we would line them up in the restaurant in like rows, in a row of two, and they'd get all, because it was a set menu, everyone get exactly the same meals at exactly the oh, same time. And you're like, that's you're upsetting. All lemmings. <laughs> Sheep. <laughs> I um I have been thinking about it a bit though like in the lead up to this episode thinking about this idea of like romance and if I was just being a killjoy because I'm like ugh Valentine's Day and like I don't know I don't know if you share this if this is something that maybe um you can relate to but I definitely used to really reject this idea of romance like I think it came alongside this sort of rejection of femininity as well that it, when I was younger definitely played into you know thinking about things like you know I just get along better with boys and oh exactly I was gonna say it goes into that like oh I'm a tomboy like I'm I'm one of the cool girls you don't need to spoil me with flowers and chocolates because like I'm just super chill and it's like no bitch bring me chocolates (laughs) bring me flowers I think I as well have a particular like relationship with Valentine's Day because I have been voluntarily and involuntarily single for most valentines of my life involuntarily when i was younger and a bit more voluntarily now (laughs) (laughs) and one of the things that used to really annoy me is that if you're a single person and you don't like valentine's day Mm. you're automatically put as this like bitter crone who would totally be into it if she had a boyfriend which I think, is not something that gets thrown at men if they don't like Valentine's Day. Absolutely. Spot on. So, I, yeah, so that was always one of the issues for me. And then when I've dated people during Valentine's Day, there's I've also had this, like... I mean, it's not really pressure because I don't really like Valentine's Day, but there is this thing of, like, I can't enjoy it because <laughs> I've told so many people that I don't really like it. <laughs> You've trapped yourself. <laughs> I think also, like, as I've gotten older, my opinion and understanding of what is and isn't romantic has changed as well. Mm. So that, like, initial rejection of romance was very, very tied to, like, yeah, those sort of cliched, like, a teddy bear holding a heart, Mm. bullshit kind of stuff. And so now I think that I'm getting a bit older. It's like, oh, actually, no, I do like romance. I just don't want the bullshit. You know? Yeah. Like, I will never turn down somebody offering to cook me a meal. Oh, swoon. (laughs) Especially if it's got cheese in it. (laughs) I mean, it must have cheese. Otherwise, it's not a meal. What are you talking about, Sam? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) 
Um, so I guess just before we jump into the book, I would like to know a little bit more about Valentine's Day and the history. Sure. I I assume it's a saint, right? Yes. Yes. Um, So I read a bit about this. I didn't go too deep because... It's boring. It's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) And again, if you listen to our Christmas episode, you'll know... We're not a history podcast, so... <laughs> We're very bad at history. <laughs> so, uh, essentially, it's hard to pinpoint the exact origin of the holiday, um, but they do generally point back to Rome, to ancient Rome. There used to be this celebration called Lupercalia. Don't know if I've pronounced... pronounced. <laughs> I mean, but you've pronounced pronounce incredibly well, so... <laughs> So this this um, celebration would go on from February 13th to 15th. And uh, unsurprisingly, super gendered, um, men would sacrifice a goat and a dog. I mean... You know what? That's what romance is missing in the modern day. <laughs> and then they would whip the women with the oh. hides of the animals. <laughs> I really so. wish you had a lead with that before I put my big old opinion out there. <laughs> Young women would line up in particular because it was believed to make them more fertile. Apparently, they would also uh, do this like matchmaking thing where young men would draw the names of women out of a jar and then they would be paired for the entirety of that celebration. I imagine there was probably a lot of like debaucherous sex and also all kinds of awful things happening when, at the time. When in Rome, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's also tied to these two different men called Valentine, which is kind of where we get to this whole saint thing. They were executed on February 14th and their martyrdom was honoured by the Catholic Church. And then as the Catholic Church likes to do, it kind of encroached on the pagan holiday and they amalgamated and now we have Valentine's Day. Uh, (laughs) Do you have anything else? No, that's that's they're the only good bits. that I could find. Dick one. So it may surprise you to know that this is the book that caught my eye, but uh, the book is called Fuck Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> but I like, again, kind of like with, um, what was the other holiday we did? <laughs> Christmas. With, with, yeah. <laughs> with Christmas. I was looking for like, I don't know, somebody, somebody having sex with like a sentient box of chocolates or you know something like that (laughs) but everything I found was just kind of like not even some of them weren't even on Valentine's Day it was just kind of like hot stories for Valentine's Mm. Day you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it was actually quite difficult to find things anyway this book is fuck Valentine's Day from C.M. Stunick uh, written in 2013 but she is described as international best-selling author Mm. Um, okay yeah I don't know so I'm gonna I'm going to sum up the book for you and then and then we'll go through it properly. Okay. But essentially, it's the story of a very horny 22-year-old virgin with legs for days mm. in her own monologue words. <laughs> okay. Um and she's alone in the week leading up to Valentine's Day and she's sad about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um and then Suddenly, the bad boy of her college starts flirting with her, 
so does like a hot nerd and she also gets this like secret admirer all in the week leading up to valentine's day and so okay it's it's, it's about this that's the story okay okay i'm sensing a lot of uh a lot of tropes coming our way oh oh honey (laughs) so before you read the book but in the first page of the book it says warning this book contains handcuffs hair pulling perverted valentine's cards and all other sorts of naughty this book is not intended not is capitalized for anyone who dislikes hot sex scenes bad boys or nerds with kinky sides read at your own risk Mm. if i was going to write up a warning for this book it would be very different to that oh what would it say if you were writing the warning poor consent (laughs) oh oh no again another like woman who's in a monologue makes it sound like she may need to like seek professional help like she has horny andy rational andy and regular andy who often have conversations with each other in her head that she then replies to sometimes out loud seems to be a real running thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) what is this why do we have to have why can't you just establish that someone has some sort of inner turmoil without needing to personify their inner monologue in this like angel devil yeah i think it's a really lazy writing yeah tool yeah and it's it's bad it is always bad (laughs) It's like you're trying to establish that people are complicated and nuanced in a really oversimplistic <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. But anyway, so um, chapter one. Oh, Wait, is this how we're doing this? <laughs> yes, because it it's quite hard to keep track of what's happening. So okay. I separated it into chapters. Strap in, everyone. <sighs> chapter one, and I will read you the first line of chapter one. I'm not going to touch your dick just because you gave me a box of chocolates. <laughs> I mean... Valid. Fair. So yeah. valid. It's not a trade. <laughs> At this point, I was like, all right, I'm okay with this. Mm. Essentially, the hot bad boy of college, Quinn. I mean, it's not a very bad boy name, but I don't hate the name. What I don't feel good about, about Quinn is that this book was written in 2013 and he seems to have stepped out of, like, the emo wet dreams of early 2000s. (laughs) He has a red mohawk. Oh, no. (laughs) What a bad boy. Stop it, Quinn. And neck tats. (laughs) And he has, at one point they mention, he has, like, you know those chains that people had on their their jeans? (laughs) Oh, bless. Maybe it just took her, like, ten years to write it. <laughs> it's just like... This is her masterpiece, Abby. Who is this man and why does everybody want to have sex with him? The chains are enough. <laughs> anyway, he gives her chocolates. This is how the book starts, just kind of out of the blue. Wait, <laughs> Quinn gives her chocolates and she's like, I'm not going to suck your dick. <laughs> yes. She's okay. She's very... She's really assertive. She's, <laughs> she's very rude. That's another problem I have with this book, but we'll we'll discuss that later. A lot of the uh, protagonists that you end up reading are very rude. 
Okay, so we'll discuss it now. I had an... Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. I had an epiphany. I have to find where I wrote down my epiphany. (laughs) This is exciting. Season two, epiphany. (laughs) So here's my epiphany. I feel like in erotica, a lot of people write the female protagonist as like this modern woman who loves sex. Mm-hmm. And it's it's become like another trope, right? So it's like, yeah, kind of unfettered woman. And I feel like they maybe think they're being feminist by doing it. But what I'm realizing the more of this trope I read is that that woman is often just rude, yeah. treats people like shit, and is just like obnoxious all of the time. Yeah, it's almost like uh, this idea of like a powerful woman has been conflated with being this like ball buster um you know and, and you see this in movies and things as well like the people the women who are in like high high roles in in companies and things like that are portrayed as being this like really cold-hearted cruel rude bitches like it, it is it's that swap of you know like to be to be a boss bitch you have to essentially act like a man mm-hmm. in business in these or and i think this kind of stuff is similarly women riding like what they think fuck boys act like yeah. but it's a but it's a woman doing it and therefore it's empowering it's a, yeah like it's enlightening or yeah. something and it's like well can't we just enjoy sex and treat people like humans and respect each other yeah. Like, why Why is that not the trope of a modern woman who loves sex? Yeah, and why can't there be elements of femininity and masculinity in those characters? Or why can't she also be powerful? Like, why can't the protagonist also be powerful but still, you know, but, but not default to that being a masculine kind of power, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 it's really tired, I think. Yeah. Anyway, that was my epiphany reading this book. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it explains why you're having these quite strong reactions to a lot of the protagonists in these in these books. Because it is a running... Like, it astounds me. It keeps happening again and again and again. It's, it seems like your options are very... Like, we're still in this Madonna or the whore... Yeah, totally. ...dichotomy thing. It's like either you're a, you know, blushing bride kind of you know oh i'm not gonna say the word for anybody's genitals or you're like just fucking put it in me yeah like <laughs> apparently bogan too <laughs> yeah there's still definitely a dichotomy happening it's it's evolved but it hasn't like really changed yeah but anyway so um after she's like i'm not gonna suck your dick she turns around and she runs into the hot nerd who's mm-hmm. called Preston and that's he... a nerd name I'm into it <laughs> yeah uh Preston he I was really conflicted about Preston but we will we'll get to that so she runs into like his firm chest or whatever and then drops the chocolates he helps her get, get them back and there's a lot of talk about how he's like soft-spoken and polite and whatever but uh, anyway, and because Preston is so hot, and this is also a running theme, she literally drools over him. Oh no! She, she's she's looking at him, and then says, "It wasn't until a bit of saliva hit me in the tits that I managed to get a hold of myself." Hit me in the tits. 
<laughs> it's draw with a bit of velocity. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay, no, that's great. <laughs> um, and then later on, she's going to a dis- She's going to a store that's got a Valentine's Day sale to pick up some like discounted sweets, which respect. Um, and surprisingly. She's clumsy, Sam. Oh, God, what a klutz. (laughs) But she trips and falls face first into a bin of Valentine's Day pins. Ow. (laughs) Also, I don't don't like this, like, like, ball buster, but also still, like, this fragile, klutzy mess. Like, what? Yeah, and also, and also, like, a virgin. And I don't want to be, like, you know, virgin's... Have is she a virgin? Away. Yeah, she's a virgin. Oh, how many? It's like, <laughs> are we playing trope bingo in this book? <laughs> but she trips over Quinn, the bad boy, and then he's like, oh, I'll, you know, buy you some more chocolates because you dropped all of mine while you is were she, drooling over the she, hot nerd. Is she okay? There's a lot, like, pins. Like- oh, yeah, no, the pins seem to be fine. <laughs> she just... <laughs> Could she have just, been a very different book. <laughs> she just falls face first in them and then like gets up and is like, ooh, chocolates. And so he gets her chocolates and then puts a like condom under the bow of the chocolates, which I think is just really presumptuous of Quinn. Like <laughs> he doesn't even know her name at this point. Wait, so this is the bad boy. Sorry, the bad this. boy, yeah. But <laughs> safe sex. That's good. He's bad, but not too bad. <laughs> The first sentence of chapter two. I woke up an hour late and blew a big test in biology because I spent all night masturbating to Quinn and wearing fuzzy pink handcuffs. (laughs) You had me and then you lost me. How how is she how is she masturbating? While also wearing handcuffs. This is a this is a feat. I think she handcuffs one arm to the bedpost and masturbates with the other. Also, she's got an eight-inch dildo mm-hmm. that she uses called Randy. I mean, wait, <laughs> Randy and Andy? <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't even pick that up. <laughs> Randy I mean, and Andy having fun. I think Randy as a name for a dildo is actually quite good. <laughs> And um, she's there having her cereal. She gets a Valentine's card. It has a sexy guy on the front in his underwear. And it says, Bitch, please. You thought Cupid was a freaking baby? Check out this bow and arrow. Ugh. Which I don't really get, but I assume he's uh, referring to his penis? I mean, I, I hate Valentine's Day cards. <laughs> she She's looking at this card. She opens it up. A picture falls out. Guess what it is? Is it a dick pic? It's a dick pic. <laughs> oh my god. Who sends physical copies of dick pic? I mean, <laughs> effort went into that. 2013. Who is doing this? Where did where was it printed? Like did they go to office works? <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing like a polaroid, but I don't know. That would that would be I mean, my choice. Oh, that I would was... make more sense. That that makes much more sense. Yeah, so it's a dick pic of a 7-inch pierced circumcised penis. And it just has a it just has an address in the card, which she follows. Bold. Like yeah. 
And I'm just like, girl, safety first. Like, what are you doing? Live stream your fucking location to a friend. What mm. What are you doing? Not in 2013, you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess. So the address takes her to a boxing gym. She goes in. She's like, I, I've got no idea who's here. Then she finds a note on her car with a number. She calls the number, goes direct to her message bank. And then what she is gets- this elaborate ruse? <laughs> and then she gets a text saying, um, check under your seat in calculus tomorrow. Right. And um, this is, I also have this section of a uh, internal monologue discussion. It's a rational Andy. He was a douche. You're so lucky I protected your cherry berry from that prick. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Horny Andy. <laughs> I don't have a cherry. I masturbate with an eight-inch rubber cock. (laughs) Rational Andy. I meant your metaphysical cherry, God. (laughs) In chapter three, Andy wakes up and Quinn's at her door. She, like, gets up because she's shocked because she's like, who let you in here? I mean, valid. But then as she gets up, she hurts her arm because she has left herself... (laughs) Handcuffed to her bed. How embarrassing. After <laughs> masturbating to the dick pic. Uh, I tell you what, I have never, ever... Masturbated to a dick pic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's stationary. It's just there. It's stationary. <laughs> it's essentially a pen. It's a jizz pen. No, I mean... Stationary is in still... <laughs> I thought you meant like a, you know like I thought you being like like a quirky take on like it's just part of the furniture. <laughs> Quinn's like, "Whoa, you're a bit of a kinky lady." And then he just like jumps on her and starts kissing her. And oh. yeah, and she's like trying to say something but he's like kissing her or whatever. No words would come out, just moans as he freed his cock from his pants and proceeded to rub it against my clip through the blanket. Is this dry humping? I wondered. And then, Ugh. no, this is at least wet humping. Oh my god, <laughs> wet humping. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I hope it's not a wool blanket. That's just itchy. <laughs> oh, imagine if it was a wool. <laughs> um, so she comes and then he's all like, help a brother out. And she's like, wow, an uncircumcised penis. And also, real jump in our relationship. She, like, shoves him off the bed. And then is like, sorry, late for calculus. (laughs) I gotta check under my chair. (laughs) Under her chair is a box and a note saying, you know, find you found them. Nice job. Inside the box, you'll find one of my favorite Valentine's treats, along with your next clue. The box is, like, lined in pink velvet and has metal handcuffs in it. I mean... She'd be into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's a bold move from Mystery Man sending, like, these notes. Like, who knows that she's into locking herself up with fluffy handcuffs? I mean, maybe he's done his homework. He's extra creepy. (laughs) Yeah, and he's, like, proper jail time creepy. (laughs) She slams the, the box shut, and then because people in the auditorium look at her, she just, like, flips out and then grabs... Quinn's hand and runs out of the lecture hall. Quinn was in there too? Oh yeah, Quinn's in all of her classes. He's just always sitting next to her now for some reason. So he's just got her off rubbing his dick on her clit. Yep. 
and then he's watched her open a box with handcuffs in it from someone else. Oh, so she does note that he's too busy looking at her tits. To see a box, presumably, (laughs) on her lap. (laughs) He's just like, the boobies. (laughs) Gwen is not the brightest button, Sam. (laughs) Okay. The brightest button. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay, okay. So she, and just so we're on the same page. She yeah. grabs his hand, runs out of the lecture hall, and then he, like, presses her against the wall and starts, like, making out with her. And she's like, oh, no, sorry, that isn't the reason that I grabbed your hand. And then Preston walks out, and he's all like, you dropped these. And it's a pair of lacy underwear that was also in this box. Okay, Preston's definitely got a creepy side, for sure. <laughs> and then she is drooling again. Oh, Quinn has, like, run away for some reason that you don't really understand. And then Preston makes out with her outside of the lecture. She's having a busy couple of days. (laughs) Yeah. And then in her head, she's like, wow, 22 years of nothing. And suddenly, like, three men are into me. And her rational mind says, her rational mind says, you're exuding whore pheromones. Oh. Put on some damn Chanel or some shit. Cover up that crap. What? (laughs) Rational Andy. Slut shaming Andy. (laughs) I know. Also, wait. So Quinn Preston is the third person, the mystery person? Yeah. The mystery man leaving the notes. I totally just assumed that was Preston, but okay. So the next clue says there'll be a clue on the notice board after her lit class. I think we've, we've all had enough by this point (laughs) you want to take a break yeah let's take a break (laughs) hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This book. (laughs) Chapter four. Uh, So much suspense. I want to know who this third mystery person is. Yeah, I mean, I'm making it more suspenseful than it was in the book because it was really obvious in the book super early on. (laughs) Oh, okay. But uh, chapter four, they're in class again. Quinn sits down next to her, starts jacking off in class next to her. Without, no. without so much as a buy your leave, you know. I just and feel I feel for the other students and the lecturer so much. <laughs> he looks at her when she's like, are you jacking off? He looks at her and goes, thought this might help you get in the mood. Ugh. When has something like that ever helped you get in the mood, Sam? <laughs> God. I mean, the audacity of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> And, like, I don't mind a little bit of, like, public... Yeah, but I think the subtlety is part of the eroticism of it, you know? Oh, and also, you know, let's let's chat about the fact that I'm I'm into that before you just whip your dick out in class. But then 
he's like, oh, touch yourself. And she's like, it's the middle of class, dude. And then they have this, like, strange conversation where he's, like, jerking off and she goes, did you bring lube? Uh, what? I whispered as the wet, slick sound from next door increased in volume. Yeah, I don't like to whack it dry. It decreases sensitivity. Oh, oh, imagine sitting, like, behind them or in front of them and just hearing that, like, sloppy lube. Oh, oh no. It's like, you're just trying to take notes. I tell you what, I might cut this out, but it just reminds me so much of one of my first boyfriends. I once got dumped in the middle of a movie and it was because I refused to give this guy a hand job in the middle of the cinema. And like, not even 10 minutes after I said no. And this is like year seven. So I would have been like 13. Um, <laughs> not even like 10 minutes after I said no. He was like, oh, I don't, I don't think this is working out. And then I sat through the rest of the film. <laughs> Like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Can I just say, the audacity. Right? <laughs> and I just, I mean, like, I, I'm harsh on myself, but like, poor, I look back on past Sam, like young Sam, I'm like, oh, you poor thing. I wish you had felt like you could leave. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, She doesn't leave either. She says, um, <laughs> okay, but can you keep your grunts of pleasure down to a minimum, please? I whispered, wondering where all of that, you know, that stuff was going to go. That stuff. That stuff. <laughs> oh, God. And then he just reaches over and and touches her, like, <laughs> just, just touches her. Mm. And she, like, moans. And then freaks out and runs out of class again. She does a lot of running out of class. Quinn follows her. And then she gives him Dude, a Yeah, I hope he put his dick away first. Oh. <laughs> he just like, just goes out and is like flapping between his legs. <laughs> is it Quinn that. sending the notes because he's a bad boy and the dick's got a piercing? Just hold up, son. Okay, sorry. She gives him a blowjob. What? <laughs> what? How did we get here? And it's just like outside in the corridors of the university. Like just they ran outside of the class and then he's like, but what about like a blowjob? And she was like, oh, yeah, OK. okay. <laughs> All right. OK. And then she says... You know, oh, this is out of character for me. I blamed the upcoming holiday and all of its pushy, lovey crap. Couples everywhere were amping up their PDAs, buying each other kitschy shit, and just generally being assholes to the rest of us that would like to have a sex partner. Oh, okay. So we are also playing into this, like, anti-romance, anti anti-Valentine's thing. Yes, yeah, is... absolutely. And then just before he comes, he says, you've got it. <laughs> and I just found that so funny. <laughs> Like, can you imagine giving someone a blowjob and they're like, and now you've got it. <laughs> and do-si-do. <laughs> anyway, so she's given him a blowjob out the front of this classroom where the board is, which is where the next clue is. Mm. It's another naked dude saying, happy fucking Valentine's Day, bitch. Which is, which is just right. really rude. <laughs> quite aggressive. Sure. Has his address on it. She decides instead of calling any friends to call Preston and be like, oh, my friend is sick and I need to go and visit him in the in these apartments. 
mm-hmm. can you come with me? Okay. And I was like, what's your end game here? Because, like, if you get there and the mystery guy's hot and you want to fuck him, like, do you just say, oh, Preston, sorry. Yeah. Gets to the apartment and Preston's like, oh, I actually know that guy really well. That's E's apartment. Nobody answers the door. Preston's like, I live next door. Do you want to come in for a cup Convenient. of tea? Convenient. <laughs> the plot thickens. She walks in for the cup of tea and he has a sex swing. And she's like, I don't know how I feel about this. Tries to leave and he's like, oh, and then trips and lands kind of presenting herself on the lounge. <laughs> of course. I'm a klutz, but I'm a sexy klutz. And then he starts making out with her and she's stuttering, stuttering around. And he just says, shut up, Andy. Whoa. The safety. <laughs> Red flag. The safety work word is kitten, but I don't think you'll need it. She doesn't even know what a safety word is. <sighs> and he has to, ex- like, he barely explains. He's like, oh, just, you know, something if you want me to stop, but you're not going to need it. Keeps going. And she says, I can't do this. I'm a virgin. And tries to stand up. And he's all like, so what? Like, aren't you ready for this? Oh, my God. This is awful. (laughs) And then she's like, okay, I I guess, you know, whatever. (sighs) And then he just, like, fucking dives in there. And says, sweet fucking Jesus was the first thing I said when Preston grabbed my hips. Cock slick with lube. I did like the usage of lube. Just yeah, as a, a lot of lube, note. yeah. And thrust all the way into me. Ugh. He didn't test the waters or ease himself in. He just entered me in one fell Sorry, swoop. is that supposed to be, like, arousing because it's like he was bold and just plunged? Like, that sounds awful. Yeah, exactly. Then, of course, there's a mirror. So he's like, watch me fuck you. Watch me take your virginity. Jesus. <laughs> He pulls out and she just goes bananas, like screaming at him, like, you bitch, like, get back inside of me. What the fuck? What? What? Okay, because you started then and I was like, yeah, fair enough if she's upset. (laughs) No, she's upset that he's pulled out. Oh, I'm on a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) And then he puts her in the sex swing, goes for it again. And then he starts calling her kitty cat. Which I think entirely negates your safe word of kitten. Absolutely. If you're going to call one of them, like, a cat-related nickname. Kitty cat. <laughs> Kitty cat. So, like, your, your safe word can't be essentially also your nickname for someone. That's fucked up, dude. Yeah, that's really not okay. <laughs> well, that was, that was a really terrible uh, sexual debut, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, she frothed it so okay (laughs) last chapter and fucking strap yourself in for this sam she wakes up the next day there's a note saying i'm at the gym he's there with me why don't you come along she goes over he's boxing with this like older dude and she's like oh my god this can't be e like what the fuck this guy is like 50 years old he gets out of the boxing ring it was preston all along. Okay, so I was right the first time. <laughs> yeah. Also, wouldn't she have seen when she was having sex with him that he has a pe- piercing she, on his... She does address this. She didn't really look at his dick, apparently. I mean, I guess she didn't have a lot of time no, before it was he just plunged like, in. <laughs> it was just, like, straight in there. Jeez. Okay. And then, <sighs> and then she's like, oh, hey, you know, you sent me a picture of your dick. 
<laughs> Which I think is a fair thing to say to someone. And he was like, oh, I thought you'd like it. And she says it was creepy. And he says, you've been staring at me for years. I raping me every chance you get. Whoa. Let's not be throwing around rape, given what just happened. <laughs> yeah. And then they fuck in the gym. She's making too much noise. So he's like, if you're going to keep making noise, we're going to have to do a different activity with your mouth. She gives him a blowjob. She also has this inner monologue bit that says, I had a sudden and irrational fear that I was going to turn into Anastasia Steele and start spouting off things about my inner goddess and referring to my fucking cunt as down there. Oh, that's a bit rich coming from... <laughs> is that rational Andy saying that or is that horny Andy saying that? And are you still concerned about that stuff, Andy? Fuck you. Like... <laughs> is that like... Is that a little hat tip, like, between erotica authors? Like, what is that? I feel like it's, like, a dig. But I'm also, like, you also suck. So I'm not really sure. (laughs) You're in the worst possible club. (laughs) Dig up. Okay, so what happened to Quinn then? So when she's giving him a blowjob, he says, ever since I watched you go down on Quinn, all I can think about is your mouth. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) He Whoa. Yeah, I missed that part. He wa- he watched it. She didn't know that he was watching. God. But, but he watched it. It's just like um, one big red flag. The whole thing is a red flag. Yeah. And then he's like, I like to watch. And then they kind of pick up where they left off with, with the blowjob. And then he essentially like deep throats her and says, you know, I had to reach up and grasp his shaft before he bruised my throat. Oh, And then during the time that he's, you know, thrusting into her face, he says, tell me I'm better than Quinn. (laughs) That's so pathetic. (laughs) What a loser. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Next day, she's in class. Quinn's talking to her and she's he's like, I went past your place a couple of times on the weekend. Like, where were you? And she was like, oh, maybe I should feel guilty about, you know, giving Quinn a blowjob and then essentially not talking to him for the weekend. But I'm a modern woman and I'm fucking enjoying this. So, like, don't harsh my mellow kind of. Preston sees her talking to Quinn and then says to her, you're going to fuck him. Oh, I thought we were done. This keeps going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. You have to have experiences before you can make decisions, which is so patronizing. Also, if she's incapable of making decisions, then what just happened, (laughs) Preston? (laughs) And then he says, you're going to fuck him and I'm going to watch. And she invites Quinn to her place, handcuffs him to her bed, doesn't tell him that Preston is looking through her door. Oh, oh, God. Gives him a hand job, and she, like, goes a bit dom on him. So there's a bit of a switch thing going on mm-hmm. with her, which, you know, was okay if you ignore the rest of the book. And <laughs> and is like, the safety word is kitten. And then Preston barges in and is like, no, kitten, you know, I thought I was okay with you, like, being penetrated by him, but... I don't think I can share. Suck his dick while I penetrate you from behind. What? And then <laughs> I don't think I can share. So let's share. 
Yeah, you know, hierarchy of sexual acts. Oh, cringe. And then Quinn's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> this person's oh. just burst in here. But then she's like, oh, but you're still hard, so you're into it. Starts Not how it works. Him. That's not... <laughs> That's not what that, no. <laughs> Starts blowing him and is getting penetrated by Preston. And then at the end, Quinn's like, so, you know, what are you guys up to next Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, this is the end. This is the finale. It's Valentine's Day. We've made it. The week has passed. <laughs> it's been a long week for Andy. <laughs> All of the she's Andes. Prob- she's probably very sore. <laughs> Preston's all like, I have so- something special planned. She's all like, ugh, I hate Valentine's Day. Quote, I despised it with every bit of soul until I walked into the apartment and found the world's cheesiest Valentine's Day setup. Happy fucking Valentine's Day, Preston said. Then he looked down at me with the slightest sparkle of affection in his eyes. It was just a glimmer but it was there, and that was all I needed to see. Uh, How <laughs> fucking low is that bar, God, Andy? Just, just a glimmer. <laughs> just a, a little love nugget keeps me satisfied. <laughs> so essentially, it's the story of a woman coming to love Valentine's Day when she has a man. I hate this. <laughs> wow. You know what also upsets me about this is like it's got the ingredients of what could have been a very like fun erotic tale, like bit of cuckolding, bit of switch, bit of like um, you know exhibitionism. Like all of these things are potentially really hot, and yeah. it's just all again all the stuff around it that completely fucked it up. Yeah, and it re- like I ooh, I know we say this every time, but I really don't think it takes that much to include a conversation about what you're into yeah or you know like just oh yeah that was my story thank you for listening <laughs> that was a roller coaster <laughs> um so i guess something that i think maybe we should grapple with in this episode is just a small question about whether or not love is a scam <laughs> uh yeah so essentially i listened to this episode um of hidden brain mm. and it was all about uh marriage and long-term relationships and they talk a bit about in it about uh the history of marriage and as i assume a lot of people know you know back in the day way back when marriage was solely for economic and um, political means. It wasn't about love. And so at that point, it was actually much more equal. So like if you were a baker, you would marry another baker because it would be like, well, twice, there's two of us, twice the amount of work, like we can share the load. You know, if you're a farmer, you would look for someone with similar like work ethic or similar skills. So in in, in a sense, it was kind of a bit more equal um, in that it was about being able to share your resources essentially Mm. um and so then with the introduction of a love match and how when that became more popular the narrative started to shift towards um 
more of this like opposites attract thing. Um, like you you suddenly weren't looking for someone to share your resources with you. You were looking for someone who like gave you that, that little, that, mm, that something mm. that you didn't have. And so that's when it started to um, really started to get distinct gender roles, started to have a, more of a division of labor, labor according to sex. And marriage became mar- a love. Marriage became looking for like that other part of yourself that you're missing. You know, like you're something that will make you whole. Um, and I just, <laughs> I that combined with the fact that like structurally, statistically speaking, women are so much worse off in marriages, be it like health outcomes, financial outcomes, life expectancy, like women have such so much a worse time in marriages <laughs> I just mm. like these things combined together I was like oh my god and then arguably Valentine's Day is all about constructing this idea of romantic love and if we follow the sort of like trail that has been laid down that leads into things like long-term relationships and marriage and it's just like a I'm not convinced it's not a scam Abby that's where I'm <laughs> that's where I'm at I mean, I, I don't know if I can answer your question, Sam. I yeah, I mean, just a small <laughs> one. <laughs> but I think I think a lot of that. I mean, a lot of that makes sense to me. I also think <clears throat> it was a weird thing that I I think about quite a bit. I often wonder about how much the amount of resources affects people's marriages. <laughs> resources of of humans mostly if you have a smaller pool of acquaintances and this is one of the things i think about with tinder a lot of like how it affects people's relationships because now with things like tinder online dating your pool of people you can meet is so broad Mm. that sometimes i think people don't want to really look at their close relationships because they're like well i you know there are other people out there and I'm definitely I'm definitely um guilty so is, of that. So is what you're saying that a smaller pool is more conducive to a to sticking with something longer term because you're not essentially looking around and being like, oh, there are so many other options. I feel like it, right? I also feel I mean, like a small sense. I also feel like a smaller pool is more conducive to like even having that that like creating that relationship because I feel like humans naturally want to be with other people like whether that's you know friendship relationships whatever but we're told that the relationship is like the be all and end all and if you're only seeing the same people at some point you're gonna start looking at some of those people and be like "Uh, yeah I mean totally there's a reason that people end up having affairs at work and things like that you're you're around them all the time Mm. so yeah absolutely on that on that note of um, like the relationship hierarchy stuff, you know that we are taught to sort of prioritize romantic commitments above all else. Um, I think that's another thing that really shits me about Valentine's Day, um, and that's just like preoccupation with romantic, a very narrow view of what romantic love is. I also hate that it's like really it's super gendered in the sense that it's highly marketed towards women as though like this is what you need to aspire to you know you should be aspiring for men 
for romantic love. Yeah, but it's also marketed towards men as like, this is what you need to get your partner. Like, yeah. a what? He didn't get you something for Valentine's yeah. Day? Like, you know, men are supposed to go all out yeah. for this one day for, for some reason because society tells them that they should. And, you know, so there's quite a lot of pressure on men to create, like, have this big date. And then that also builds into the fact that it's, like, assumed that men aren't making the effort most of the other days yeah and so and i think it also it also ties into this idea that women are the ones that are highly emotional and highly um yeah romantic and really want a relationship and so if you're a man like you have to you have to do this thing to like keep your woman happy like really problematic kind of uh cliches playing out which then i think come up in different points in relationships where like I mean, we've both certainly had the had the experience of when you try to communicate with someone and you're like, no, actually, I don't want this or I don't like this. And then... And they're so worried about you getting upset with them because you didn't do the thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, I said that I didn't... I'm not really into it. So I'm not mad if you don't do it i'll be more mad if you do because i'll be like but i told you that i'm not into this yeah what makes you think that ignoring me and going like did, <laughs> because society told you to like where have you been <laughs> listen back to the previous episodes <laughs> have you met me <laughs> that's gonna be it from now on whenever i start dating someone i'll be like and here are 50 episodes <laughs> of all of my opinions on everything to do with what our relationship is going to be. Oh, my goodness. Do you think that that would make it? I don't, oh, do you think it would make it better or worse dating someone who had listened to all of this? <laughs> I have no idea. Ugh. Anyway, I guess my whole point is that I think, yeah, like we should we should be having a more expansive like idea of what love and romance and relationships are but i think valentine's day and galentine's day are bullshit and not the way to do it it is i mean it's one of those things where it's nice to be reminded to look out for each other and to um to express your feelings towards people like that i think the i think the intention behind valentine's day is really lovely Mm. but the pressure that Look at comes you along bringing with the it. balance. <laughs> <laughs> but the pressure that comes with it, the like, the kind of um, all of the stuff around it, just becomes you know, so much. I do love love though. <laughs> People should be expressing their love all of the time, Aww. and if and if it's gonna be particularly on valentine's day that's fine i don't understand why you want to stand in line and be in a really busy restaurant with other people but i am not other people and that's what makes the world beautiful (laughs) oh that's nice that's nice Mm, books love